Hey everyone, exciting topic today. We are again speaking with uh, Mike Georgie from the Nexus Group LLC and today's our fifth video or actually it's our second day, fifth video, whatever. Uh, this question is what type of entity is best for real estate investing? Again, you will see that there are some questions I don't answer for my audience because you need to know additional data. And again, what is the best type of entity in real estate investing is such thing, but this one has some general rules uh, that if you just talk about, you'll have some some examples. So let's bring uh, Mike Georgie to the show. How are you doing, Mike? I'm excellent, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. So you heard the question, what type of entity is best for real estate investing? You want to talk about the big variables that likely drive that decision? Absolutely. Well, here's the first variable. Um, we don't normally use corporations. And the reason why is because the reason that we use entities at all for real estate is number one, asset protection. And LLCs provide a lot more asset protection than corporations. And let me tell you why. Um, corporations have stock. And so if you own stock, it can actually be taken from you if you're personally sued. So if I have a corporation, regardless whether it's S or C corporation, and I put property into it and I get sued, someone's going to be able to sue me, go ahead and say, okay, I want your corporate stock, which owns all of your properties or some of your properties and beyond my merry way, basically. And so unless you're in a specific state, Nevada, for example, and that's subject to a lot of debate as well, in Nevada, for example, um, and a few other across the nation, you're gonna wanna use an LLC. You're gonna use an LLC to put your properties in it. Um, and, and basically that is the staple right now for real estate. A lot of people in the past have used limited li or limited partnerships. Mm. The problem with limited partnerships, unless you're in specific uh, states like Texas, et cetera, is that the, part, the general partner actually has unlimited personal liability. And so then you have to set up another entity, another structure to really get that full asset protection. And so we stay away from limited partnerships as well. So coming back to the question, what entities write for uh, real estate? LLCs. Now, LLCs are awesome because they can be taxed four different ways. They can be taxed as a sole partnership. They can be taxed as an S-elected entity. They can be taxed as a C-elected entity. And they can be taxed, at, taxed as a partnership itself. And so not only does it provide the greatest asset protection because of the charging order, but it also provides you the greatest amount of flexibility when it comes to the taxation. And so depending on whether you're actually holding a piece of property and renting it out, or if you're doing assignments and flipping property, you can make that tax election work for you. Yeah. So let's talk about tax selection because again, the big thing I want people to realize is you need to look at your business. And I talk about, you know, look at where the income is. What kind of income are you supposedly doing? Is it passive with the whole, you know, cash flow like I talk about in one rental at a time where you're looking for little drips every month for the rest of your life? Or is it fast money, big, you know, chunk money where you're, you're in and out, right? You're in, in hours, right? You, you're, you're doing an assignment fee uh, because those are, very, you know, one is active income, one is passive income. One allows you to take depreciation, one does not. Right. There's a whole lot of accounting talk here, um, but I think maybe, you know, I think we need to dive into that a little detail deeper because I don't think people realize that how you get the majority of your income might, you know, drive. And maybe that's, 
maybe that's how you, the four choices, maybe one of those is better for one and, and not the other, but how would you kind of blend those two conversations together? Well, when it comes to the taxation portion, you're absolutely right. Let's say that we have real estate. It's passive income when you're renting it or leasing it. Um, and if you're not doing assignments and flips and those things. Right. Um, and if you're renting or leasing your property, you definitely, most likely, depending on how much money you want to keep for yourself, whether you need all of the money personally, whether you're going to be investing money that you have taxable this year and the, the coming years, a lot of different variables. But let's say that you want all the money to flow down to you and you want to use an entity to be able to hold your property and your assets. Well, then an S selected LLC is going to be best because it's going to provide that passivity, the character it normally was, uh, versus a selected entity. Now, what's the difference? A C-elected entity has its own separate tax brackets. It's its own taxpayer, and the income doesn't flow down to you and be taxed at your personal tax bracket unless you do a distribution. And when you have an S-elected entity, it has the same tax brackets as you. It flows down to your personal schedule on your personal tax return and basically is an informational return. So if you have income that you would like to flow down to you, uh, that you're not going to use to invest in other properties or other assets or to expand the business. And you want that income to be, you know, to retain its passivity, an LLC for the asset protection with an S election to maintain that passivity is going to be the best entity for you. Very cool. Um, so, and, and um, let's think anything else. So, I mean, Airbnb kind of the same thing. I, I'm just thinking of all the different, uh, you know, uh, different ways um, people invest in real estate. How about people doing, how about if they're just doing notes, right? If they're the, if they're the bank per se, um, would you see uh, an LLC is interesting or not? Or they're just a named entity on the note. Doesn't really matter. I'm just trying to think of all the different, you know, people that watch this channel, what they might thinking about any, anything else that may drive you to a different decision that you can possibly think of. Well, when it, a different decision, potentially, yes. Um, if you have notes, it's not going to be a different decision. You're really most likely going to have an LLC, although it's not a dangerous asset. I know it's not necessarily a dangerous asset um, that brings liability and lawsuits to you. You want to protect you from it because it's ah, money yes. sitting right there ah, that someone yes. else can get. And so um, normally what we do is we put notes into an LLC. If you have two partners, it's going to be a partnership return. It's going to be passive anyways. If you're one individual, you really want to put that into an LLC and S elected just to maintain that passivity. Um, if you are a real estate assigner or flipper, um, you'd want to go ahead and identify whether or not you're going to want to take money and if it's taxable this year and expand your business or if you need all of it to survive or to maintain your lifestyle or just because you want it. Now, if you're going to be utilizing some of the um, income for future projects and you don't want to have that all fall down on you because when you have active income uh, up to $137,700 in 2020, you're going to be able, you're going to have to be uh, paid the self-employment tax, mm. which is 15.3%. So if you have, I have a gentleman the other day actually that called me and he said, Mike, I'm going to do an assignment. I'm going to make $124,000 on this one assignment. And everyone knows that normally you do an assignment and, you know, it's 10 to 20,000, you know, five to 20,000, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, he has uh, another W2 income. And so he wanted to figure out what's the best way for him to move forward. His tax bracket was at 40%. Now I'm going to do a little bit of a, a higher end strategy here. 
So my advice was make sure that you do the assignment in an LLC with an S election, but you want to have a C elected LLC be able to charge management fees so that you can take what you want, have it distributed to you passively, and move the rest over to an entity that has a flat 21% tax bracket. So you can then use those funds to invest in other uh, assets or other investments, et cetera. So basically what we did is we moved $90,000 over to an entity that's only gonna get taxed 21% instead of 40%. The rest of it fell down to impassively, except for a little bit that has to be active based on the average minimums of a real estate assigner. And so we took all of the things into, into account, into play, and we created that strategy that's going to save them somewhere twenty to $25,000. Very, very cool, folks. I love the fact you did that example. And again, this is why I don't answer questions about entity uh, setup because I don't know all the subtleties, all the questions to ask you. I only am comfortable talking about what I'm doing or I, I experience. Um, as you can just see, I would never have thought about that example and that, uh, that, whole, or that assignment fee, 124 grand, this, that, the other. Not, not going to happen. Won't be talking about it. So if you want to talk about business, you want to have those discussions, use the link below. Uh, talk to Mike, the team at the Nexus Group LLC, uh, because there are so many subtleties uh, out there. You need to talk to someone that does this every day and has the years of experience. So Mike, I want to thank you very much. This is our second of three interviews today. I can't wait for the third one. Hey, thank you so much. Looking forward to it. You got it.